Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for listening. And of course, thanks to all you new listeners out there. I'm glad you found us. And please stick around and check out the earlier episodes on this podcast. I'm sure you'll find lots of good stuff. Okay, my guests today are Sofia Daly and Jose Luis Fernandez Garcia, a.k.a. El Cronox. Sofia has been dancing all her life, having started at age three. She has a strong background in jazz, tap, modern, ballet, and hip-hop. Today, she is a company member of Ballet Edge Detroit. She eventually discovered Argentine tango and brings her vast training in other dances to enhance her teaching and performing. Jose has been dancing for well over a decade and also has a background in martial arts. Originally from Malaga, Spain, he came to the U.S. in 1998 and began teaching Spanish at the University of Michigan. Sofia and Jose have been teaching together since 2015, have performed at a number of venues, and organized weekly classes and milongas in Ann Arbor. And with me now are Sofia Daly and Jose Luis Fernandez Garcia, also known as El Cronox. Welcome to the podcast, both of you. Great to be talking to you. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much for yeah. having us. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we'll go ladies first. So, Sofia, how did you fall in love with tango? That is a great question. So, um, I grew up, you know, doing dance and theater and performing arts. And I think at first it was just, you know, seeing tango portrayed in films and, and videos. Mm-hmm. So I just decided, hey, I want to learn them. And I took my first class at a, a studio in, in Utica, Michigan, at Argentine Tango Detroit. And now when I, when I went to the class, it was a class that they had just added to the schedule. It was like in the middle of the day on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I was the only person who showed up for that class that day. And so I got a private lesson and I just got hooked. It was just, I found it so magical. So from then I was just addicted to it. Nice. Now, yeah, because you've been dancing since you were about three. Done, you've done a lot of different ones. So what was it about tango specifically that, that kind of hooked you? I think it's just the passion you know, especially as, as someone looking at Argentine tango with, you know, completely fresh eyes, mm-hmm. you see the dance and it's just so charged. There's a certain uh, drama to it, you know, when you see it from the outside. And Jose, how about you? How did you fall in love with tango? Well, you see, I think that the, um, the question has changed throughout the years and then I embellish it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But truly, I was dragged into a class. I never wanted to go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, there was this girl and she, you have to come, because blah, 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 blah. And she kept on talking about it. And then eventually I was kind of like, okay, okay, fine, fine, I go, no? And then that's how I started. Then I realized that after taking a few classes, going to like a regular disco and moving around was not satisfactory anymore. And that's how I I became more and more interested into dancing in a, in a formal way instead of just, because I had always liked dancing. Mm-hmm. But instead of being just like a free form dancing, the the idea of having a structure really appealed to me. Nice, nice. Yeah. So what yeah. Was, yeah. So Jose, what was your very first tango lesson like? It was very humbling. Mm-hmm. 
humbling in a multi-level, let's say, mm-hmm. not only because of the steps, but because of the proximity, like the first class that, that we had, we went directly into a close embrace. And to me, it was, it was kind of a little bit too close. <laughs> it was kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. Because in Spain, in Spain we don't have that type of uh, culture, mm-hmm. um, dancing together like, like that. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was uh, a learning process to mm-hmm. be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So Sophia, yeah. your first lesson was, like you said, a private lesson. So what went through your mind on that lesson? Do you remember? You know what? I was very nervous, you know, driving over you know, to the studio. I, I was like, oh, I'm so nervous. But I just enjoyed it so much. I just was trying to soak everything up like a sponge. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was, it was very exciting. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's one of the the beautiful things sometimes about being a beginner yeah is that there's a certain there's a certain magic to it and a certain excitement mm-hmm. so even though you you maybe don't have all of the skills down yet i think it's a really a really cool time because mm. you're seeing everything with just completely fresh eyes. Yeah, sometimes I miss being a beginner. I don't know if you both <laughs> feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah now now, there, now there's a lot of expectation, let's say, no? Mhm. And I, I always remember just walking mm-hmm. and feeling feeling the music and I didn't have any moves or anything, mm-hmm. but just walking and and try to go the the only tool that I had was Okay, okay, well, now I feel the music more intense. I'm going to hug you closer. And that was the only thing that I could do was like hug closer and closer, you know? And that was really satisfactory. And now, now I mean, now we really like the steps mm-hmm. and the combinations. Yeah. But yeah, the, 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 beginner, the beginner time is the best, yeah. I would say. So, Jose, what was your very first dance at a milonga like? Oh, well, I remember I danced with a, with a, with a girl called Makina. With mm-hmm. means machine, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and you, yeah, Makina, or, or maybe, or maybe I misunderstood. The, okay, the the way I remember her name was Makina. Okay, she was from Russia, mm-hmm. and I remember like trying to impress her mm-hmm. with absolutely no tools whatsoever. Like I just, I, I barely knew how to walk. But at that time, I it, it was a really magical moment, you know. Like uh, here we have. Uh, rooms at the um, at the Michigan Union mm-hmm. that are very like very high ceilings with right. lamps, everything like wood decorated. Everybody was dressed up. The music was very elegant, very pretty, mm-hmm. and and to me it was like like opening up to a new dimension. Let's say you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I felt I felt like a like a prince, you know, <laughs> like I, just walking and not knowing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I I felt I felt that I had like a some royal purpose mm. <laughs> that had taken me over, you know. Nice. Yeah, and I and I remember walking and that, this woman in particular, she was breathing really hard mm-hmm. on my ear, and I was and I was like, whoa, this is really exciting for everybody. <laughs> How about you, Sophia? How, what was your very first dance at Malanga like? Yes, so I remember it very well. So I really just dived into the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I attended my first milanga when I had only had two tango lessons so far. Wow. So I had no idea what I was doing, but I was I was really nervous. And the milanga started at eight. So of course, I showed up very punctual, eight o'clock on the dot. And I'm like, oh, where is everybody? <laughs> and then, you know, the host explained, oh, well, you know, people start trickling in, you know, a little bit later, you know, in the first hour. Mm-hmm. But again, it was just a magical experience being a beginner 
I remember just staring at people's feet as they were dancing and being in awe. And yeah, there were some leaders who were, you know, gracious enough to uh, do a a tondo with me. And I actually met Jose at my first milonga, but it it wasn't until later that I actually uh, got to know him um, Mm -hmm. and we started practicing together. Yeah, that magic of, you know, being a beginner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so over the course of your own learning during those, those early days, What's some really good or memorable advice that you've gotten from some of your own teachers? So, I mean, aside from, you know, technical advice, because, you know, along the way, we're always trying to, you know, improve our technique. But I think that sometimes, you know, the pieces of of information that that stick with me are Mm -hmm. a little bit more about enjoying the dance and being expressive. So I've had... um, you know, some teachers who try to get me to express a little bit more in terms of, you know, finding my own voice with the embellishments. And um, Jose and I, you know, also do um, stage tango. So, you know, Mm. especially there, finding moments to to look at him, to, you know, connect with him, just to to connect Mm -hmm. in other ways. In my case, I mean, I have had a number of teachers. Mm -hmm. I remember one talk uh, with a... Argentine teacher named is Tete, Tete Rusconi. Mm-hmm. He said, I mean, he, he died. He died like a few years ago. Oh, okay. uh, but, but he was dancing until very late in life. He made a huge emphasis on the idea that uh, no matter what you do, uh, at the end of the tanda, uh, it needs to be a satisfactory experience. Mm. For the for the for your partner, no, for your follower, no. Yeah. And that kind of like he he made so much emphasis on that because he said that sometimes guys are all about their own game, no. It's kind of like oh, I know how to do this stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna throw it throw it on the table. Mm-hmm. But he was not. He, he, he the emphasis that he put was that the, the dance was not about what you can do, but but about how much pleasure mm-hmm. uh, you are giving to your partner. So, so that kind of like resonated, and and, and when I, when I dance, I always try to keep that in mind that the, at the end she needs to be happy with the experience. She doesn't she doesn't need to feel uh, overwhelmed mm-hmm. or inadequate or oh I should take more classes. You know any of those feelings is not no. So the at the end of the dance she should feel happy about what she did. You know, uh, and that, and that's kind of like what I try to. To bring to the table, you know, like I, I try to see where she is in her dance level and then, and then, you know, like make, make the whole thing satisfactory for her. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're right. Cause there's so many guys who just try to do every step that they know. <laughs> That's... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really tempting. It's, I mean, it's really tempting. It's like, Hey, I have all these tools in my toolbox. Mm-hmm. So let, let's do something together. But maybe maybe with this person you don't need to bring so many tools out. You know, it's just like a few, and yeah. Yeah, and always just starting with that good walk, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's see how she is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here's a here's a fun one. Um, so, what was a bad tango habit that you used to have, and how did you get over it? Oh, this is a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have one. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe you can. Uh, no, you go. To think for a moment. <laughs> okay, so I don't know for how many years I was looking for the perfect tanda. Mm. So I would go to Andonga and try to see the moment that I would have this magic tanda. Mm-hmm. And then once I would get the, and then once I would get the tanda, 
I will just go home. It's kind of like okay, <laughs> satisfaction. You know, like yeah. I, you know, like I dance, I dance with the person I wanted. I dance with the music I wanted. Mm -hmm. Now the goal is attained, and then and then I go home. But the the problem is that the whole thing became there's there's this uh, novel by uh, Julio Verne. It's called The Green Light. I think it's called. Okay. Anyway, so the the whole thing is that. There is like a like a magic light right at the sunset that is green, mm -hmm. and then if you are lucky enough, you get the green light. It's kind of like a it's like a magic thing. No? Okay. So for the for the longest time for years, mm -hmm. I would go to the milonga looking for the green light, looking for the magic moment. Yeah. And then many times I would go back home and not being happy with the whole thing, no? And then at a certain point, I I switched completely. I, I stopped looking for the magic moment. Mm -hmm. And instead, I was looking for hours on the dance floor. Okay. So instead of like, oh, I want to dance this standard, my focus became, I want to dance three hours. I want to dance four hours. I want to put more hours under my belt. And that that was a, a very good change in the in the dynamic. So so let's say, let's say I... I changed my gear for quantity over quality. Okay. And eventually, eventually, more quantity turns into more quality. Exactly. Yeah. How about you, Sophia? You know, obviously, along the way, there are lots of little, you know, technical things um, to improve, you know, the technique. Mm -hmm. But I think the the biggest downfall for me is that so when Jose and I would practice together, just the two of us, the arguments so getting defensive very quickly i think that was the biggest thing and and to be honest i'm still working on it but i think i'm getting much better you know because we we practice together on a regular basis yeah. and i think for you know for any anyone listening who you know has a partner who they regularly practice with mm -hmm. i think they can relate to this you know you and your partner are trying your best to figure things out and to do things nice together, mm -hmm. but it is so easy to get defensive yeah. and to want to place blame on the other person mm -hmm. as opposed to be like, hey, we're both going to just set our egos aside. We're just going to try to have the most productive, you know, hour or, you know, however amount of time that we can together. So I think for me, that has been my biggest uh, Achilles heel, I guess I'd say. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh... I think that's I don't th yeah I definitely don't think you're alone in that. So. I know. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's good. Yeah, yeah. like you said, just, you, you got to set the ego aside and and you know create the best dance. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good, good. Yeah, so a lot of uh, people who are listening are, are students who are just starting to get addicted, and, and like you said, there are a lot of technical things that they're probably working through. And as you both probably know, that getting good at tango is largely mental. What advice would you have to uh, become a mentally strong tango dancer? So this is what you know. I, I say to you know some students that over the years. I think that my, you know, my skill and my technique is little by little, it's, you know, getting better. So it's basically, you know, a steady upward climb. It keeps getting better. You know, mm -hmm. the more I, the more I dance, the more I practice. However, my confidence is quite another story. My confidence looks more like a roller coaster going up and down and up and down. Mm -hmm. So one piece of advice that I would give to students is saying, hey, no matter how good you get, there are always going to be things to work on. So I would say, hey, you know, keep working, keep 
could keep putting the time in, keep practicing, mm-hmm. but also really try to enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't be afraid to have confidence. You know, even if you you just have some basic things down, like like walking, just try your best to do it with confidence. And, you know, we all make mistakes. Even the, the top tango dancers who are professional they still make mistakes so i think it's just to try to have that that confidence and just when you dance just own it yeah how about you jose for people that go into tango (laughs) eventually when you get to have some technical capabilities and you're like a little bit less into the into the step i think that it helps to it helps to embrace the idea of uh like a tango avatar You, you know what i mean with the avatar like yeah. a like a other person, yeah? an alter ego. Like oh, a yeah, alter yeah. ego. It's like a tango avatar, because the the whole idea is to let the event transform you mm-hmm. into something that you are not in your daily life. No. Mm. So if you are like a doctor, engineer, a teacher, whatever, you're not bringing that on, that on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, I mean, I'm a teacher, a dancing, uh, or an engineer dancing. No, no, you are like something that is out of the ordinary of your real life, you know? So, so I think that to become this other thing in the, in the dance floor is really a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I had a, I had a teacher time back that invited us to, to take like an animal character when dancing, like, oh, I'm going to dance personifying a tiger, you know, or personifying a, a gazelle, or, you know, like different animals, you know, and see how you move differently, you know? And then I decided that I wanted to be a, a pterodactyl. A you, you know what a pterodactyl is? Oh, yeah, yeah, the like dinosaur. like a flying, flying dinosaur. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, like, oh, I'm going to dance tango like a flying dinosaur. <laughs> and, and I had so much fun with the implementation, you know? So, I mean, I don't, it, that's not my, the spirit that I dance now. I have, I have other feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, the, the idea of being trans- being transformed into something that you are not in daily life and embrace it, you know, like something more, something perhaps perhaps more majestic, more of a seductor, you know, like something something that you cannot be on your daily life, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way of looking yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah, because tango gives you this room to to behave like, a charismatic gentleman, you know, like somebody full of passion, you know, and, and that's welcome on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And you will be very much not welcome in other venues, you know. But on the dance floor, you can be, you can be something else, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or better to say, not something else, but a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so how did you both start teaching? How did that journey come about? So we had um, a, a lady that we knew. And her husband was kind of opening up this center. It was called Robin Hill's Farm. So it was a farm Mm. and they were, you know, had goats and sheep and they were growing vegetables. But also another vision was that they wanted to have classes and they wanted to you know, promote the arts. And so they just wanted to really offer a variety of classes, not just on farming, but on artistic things as well. And she approached us about it and we went for the bait. We're like, hey, that, you know, that sounds fun. And of course, I felt a little bit uh, intimidated at first. 
Now, Jose, he he teaches Spanish at University of Michigan, so mm-hmm. he's already is used to being a teacher. But mm-hmm. uh, this was our first experience, really, you know, teaching a tango class together. So it was definitely a little bit intimidating, but I was really excited at the idea of just you know sharing this with new people. Yeah, it's always fun just going from from learning to teaching. It's always an adventure. So yeah, in, in your opinions, what are some good ways for advanced students to help uh, the beginners? I mean, of course, you know, a willingness to, to dance with beginners always helps them out. And I think just giving feedback with openness, mm-hmm. trying not to come across as reprimanding, but to just say, hey, you know, why don't you try this? Or, you know, if, if you, you know, move your arm here or if mm-hmm. you do this a little differently. Um, and I think, honestly, for, you know, advanced dancers and teachers, it's really a great opportunity for them to learn so much from the act of teaching. I I think that since I started teaching, I feel like that whole process and experience has taught me so much. I I feel like I get just as much out of it as as the students do. And I think too that it can be tempting at first for advanced dancers to tell beginners every little thing that they need to correct. Yeah. But I think keeping it simple and remembering that sometimes we can only make one little change at a time and to just give the feedback slowly, bit by bit, and just have a lot of patience, I think, and try to enjoy the process of helping as mm-hmm. well. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Jose? With, without beginners, there's no tango, you see? Right. Yeah, tango will die out without, yeah, yeah. <laughs> without so, beginners. So without beginners, there's no tango. And I, and I see that in the community... Sometimes, because people people have like really busy lives, lives, you know, and sometimes they want to maximize the tango experience, and they don't want to be bothered with somebody that doesn't dance well or what, no. Right. But the but truly that's 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 a really bad approach, because that that beginner maybe maybe in two years is going to be dancing dancing better than anyone else in the club, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, this person only needs time and space, no. And I think that with with beginners, with, with beginners, people need to be very cautious because they're very frail. And I think that the feedback needs to be given with a lot of care, mm-hmm. both for followers and leaders. Yeah. And I I, I think that the advantage that, that I have uh, when, when I teach tango is that uh, I am a very slow learner myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like to me, to learn any new pattern, takes me forever and a day it's like forever you know and because i because i understand my own limitations mm-hmm. then i i i bring that to my to my students you know like it's like hey you know i understand where you are and we're gonna break it down and um, this is the right and the left and you know we're gonna take a long time to do this you know nice. so mm-hmm. and i think that that's yeah. yeah that's the intention you know it's kind of like understanding that the the, the process mm-hmm. is beautiful and you have to Enjoy the process, no? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes when beginners feel really intimidated, Mm -hmm. I like to say to them, you know, every other person in this room, no matter how advanced they are, Mm -hmm. they have all been in your shoes. They've all been in your position of being an absolute beginner. So it's something that, you know, we can all relate to. And I just like to remind beginners of that too when they feel a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah, well, you see, like, I remember when I was more of a beginner, let's say, because, you know, like, you, you know what I mean, no? with yeah, more yeah. of a beginner, no? So I remember dancing with Vania. I don't know if you're familiar, Vania. She, she's a fabulous tango tango dancer teacher. She, she teaches, like, follower, leader. 
and I remember dancing with her, and I think she generally she, she enjoyed dancing with me, mm-hmm. and I was I I was appalled, you know, like <laughs> I was appalled because no, no, truly because I have been dancing with other women at the club, mm-hmm. and I had I had I had so many long faces, you know. And I was like, oh, long face, long face, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this teacher, which is fantastic, you know, mm. she took the best possible outcome out of me. You know, like at the end, I was like transported. I was kind of like, oh, my God, this woman made me feel like no one else had made me feel, you know. No, 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 no. And I, and I, and I think that was really skillful of her mm-hmm. to... To bring that out, it was incredible. It was incredible, and I, I took that as a lesson too. You know, like uh, you know, if this person can make me feel this way, can I can I bring that type of joy to other people? You no, know? so yeah. Yeah, it's really nice that both you, you you both teach as a team. So one one thing that's really fun for students is to is to watch their teachers interact with each other. That's really that's really useful. So how would you describe your your personal dynamic when you're teaching with each other? I think that at the beginning, it you know when we first started teaching together, I think that we were still trying to work out the dynamic mm-hmm. a little bit in terms of you know okay. You want to say something, I want to say something, da, 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 and just the, the flow of the class. Mm-hmm. And I think now we're at a point where it's flowing a little bit better. I have a very different personality from Jose. Jose is the, the loud, fun <laughs> one. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who's like, okay, guys, we need to look at this this moment again and fix, clean up these details here. And, mm-hmm. and Jose is kind of the one who's more like making jokes and getting everyone a little more entertained. So I think that we have a, a good balance, a good dynamic there. Yeah, sometimes I change lesson plans unexpectedly, let's say, because if I see that we have students that have a certain level, or if I can feel, if I feel that they are like already getting it, so I I cannot like change things. So yeah, I'm always like changing the lesson plan to satisfy, you know, the students, you know, the mm-hmm. you know, to, to bring to bring something new to them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also great that both of you, you know, you're you're really into performing. And I know mm-hmm. there, there are also those listening who are interested in trying out performing for the first time. So what advice would you have for those students out there who are thinking of performing? You know what? I would say go for it. You only live once. Performing is terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, we, we've been performing together for a while now, but we still get a little bit nervous before we perform. But it's such a great opportunity for growth and to just... Put yourself out there and you know what it's live it's in the moment everyone's mm. watching you but it can also be an incredible moment to shine yeah and i think you know it can be really really rewarding i mean because you put all of this work into it there's so much pressure but then at the end when you do it it's like yes this this feeling of accomplishment and i think too for me like something that's been really rewarding is that people come up to us after mm-hmm. and they say that they were moved so they had just like th- that it was an emotional experience for them because often as dancers we're thinking about the technique right so we're thinking about okay we want to have nice clean lines we want to be with the music da 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 yeah but from the audience perspective if they have an emotional experience and that they're moved by it to me that's one of the the biggest compliments how about you jose well, with the choreography, like when we when we do like a piece, there's a part that is usually choreographed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we have an intention of doing things. No, my advice on students that want to to perform 
is to embrace the idea that somebody is going to transform your first intent. Okay, let me see how to explain this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say that you are uh, that you are cooking something, no, like that you're making a soup, no. Okay. And then you have your soup, and then you put all the ingredients together, and you're really happy with it. Mm-hmm. But then here he comes like a better cook than you, no. And then he he starts adding scallions and garlic and some salt and ta 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 you know mm-hmm. so the the initial feeling is kind of like oh this person is taking over my project mm-hmm. but the, the end result is a better soup yeah so with choreography and dancing i think i think that the focus is on the end result and not on your personal contribution mm-hmm. what i mean for example in the last piece that we performed todo es amor a teacher mm-hmm. that is way more experienced than us, a mm-hmm. uh, really, really, really good teacher, his name is Donato, Donato Juarez. He looked at the piece and he said, Jose, with all the love in my heart and all, I will do this and this and this and this and this different, you know? Mm-hmm. So I understood perfectly that the end result was going to be better. Mm-hmm. And I embraced his advice, you know? like, And mm-hmm. I think that that's a changing attitude because maybe two years back I would be more possessive about what I had originally planned. Mm-hmm. You say, oh no, no, this is the way. This is my choreography, and I'm not gonna, I, I, I'm not gonna change anything because this is my vision, you know. Yeah. But now, now I think that the focus needs to be more on the on the end result mm-hmm. and and feedback, feedback from even people that don't, feedback from people that even don't dance tango mm-hmm. is is valuable, you know. If they say, oh, that that part is boring to me, you know. Or that part is blurry to me, you know. Like even 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 if, if they are not tango dancers, any any feedback should be qualifying to you know to apply changes. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I, see. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that the, it goes back to you know having the ability to set your ego aside a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, to just be a little bit more productive and put together the best that you can. Right. Admittedly, uh, performing is not my strong suit. I always cringe when I watch videos of myself uh-huh. dance, but it's such a useful tool to to improve when you see something that you I, don't like. Yeah, performances, they, they take over. Mm-hmm. Like we had a performance last Sunday mm-hmm. and it took over like the last month, you know, like rehearsing and discussing and talking about it and that, 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 you know, so yeah, it's uh, emotionally, it's very, it's quite something, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's just, just you know, you, you put all this work into it. The song is maybe, what, three, four minutes long, if even that. And, right. Yeah, and that's, and it's great, yeah. We, we get to enjoy the, the end result of it, which is, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, somehow, I always make a mistake here or there. It is like, like, you see it happen. It's like, oh, I'm about to make, I'm about to make a mistake. I... <laughs> made the mistake mm. now what you know what's the what's the consequence you know yeah like how is that, how is it affecting the rest of the choreography you know yeah so yeah mistakes happen yeah big time yeah so kind of going along with that there's always something new to learn when it comes to this dance so even though you've both had so much experience what's something new that you've learned recently and recently is relative <laughs> it could be a few weeks a few months ago sure, sure. I've been obsessing with the Michelle and Joaquin. They are in Switzerland, I believe. And they, they came to an Arbor to teach a few times. Lately, I'm revisiting his videos. Mm-hmm. And 
I guess this the the level of connection. I mean, this this couple they've been together for a long time, and they have a couple kids and all. The way that they look at each other, and the the way they they connect, that they're like completely in love or something. I I mean, I don't know if it is in love or so. I cannot identify the feeling, mm-hmm. but but I'd say that they have this. I okay. I I, I think that the word is um, complicity. Mm. <laughs> they are like they have like a secret they have like a shared secret mm-hmm. something that they bind them together and and I love seeing them I kind of like, I don't know what the secret is but when they dance together is I'm I'm taken away yeah I, I love I love it I love it and I want to kind of I want to bring that into my own dancing but I no I haven't found a diamond what? yet I don't have the diamond yet but I'm looking for it. <laughs> 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 How yeah. about you, Sophia? Oh my goodness. I this question overwhelms me a little bit because I think honestly, like there's just so many things to list off. I think that every time we practice, I'm learning and also relearning things. So right. for example, you know, finding my axis and you know, playing with embellishments to the music. There's just a constant evolution and just all of these, you know, tiny things that you keep revisiting and and you keep being surprised and, and finding something new every time. So, yeah, I think for me, there's just, I don't know, it's like everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just these infinite layers, you know, of, of right. just, just something as simple as your ocho, you know, your pivot. You just really right. feel what your body's doing. Yeah. Okay, so Sofia and Jose, it's been a lot of fun. So where do we find out more about you online? So people can uh, look us up at sophiatango.com. So that's one word it's s-o-p-h-i-a-t-a-n-g-o.com um so that's our website and you can also find us on facebook our facebook page is sophia and el chronux okay el chronux is jose's alter ego or his yeah name so you can also find us there okay yeah all right so sophiatango.com and also your um facebook page so i'll have that in our show notes so people will be able to look you up Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks both of you. It's been a lot of fun. It's good to finally meet you and to, and to have a chat. Thank you so much. We really enjoy talking with you. Yeah, Thank likewise. You. Hopefully, if I'm out in Michigan, I'll be able to meet you in person. That would be awesome. Right. We, we would love that. Excellent. Yeah. All right. That was fun. So we covered a lot of topics. One thing I really liked was what Jose said about becoming an experienced dancer. We've heard this before, but it bears repeating that as we get better, we shouldn't be trying out every single step that we know. Instead, as Jose mentioned, we should prioritize giving our partners a good dancing experience. At the end of the song, did our partners have a good time? That result is more important than our ability to try out new figures. I also liked what Jose said about quantity of dances over quality, that instead of looking for that one perfect dance, we should go out to Malangas and practice in just dance. Rack up hours on the dance floor. The more we dance, the more we improve, and the more we increase the likelihood of finding those good tandas. And when we were talking about performances, I really appreciated what Sophia said about putting your ego aside, to not get defensive while taking criticism. And that's important because the goal is to create a great performance. We can't get too emotionally attached to our ideas, and that constructive criticism, no matter how difficult it might be to hear, is not meant as an attack on our character. That also applies to our learning even if we aren't involved in performing at the moment. 
The criticism is meant to build up our skills and to ultimately make us better dancers. So thank you again, Sofia and Jose, for sharing your stories and for your insights. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there to choose from, and it's awesome that you took time out of your day to listen to this one. I am incredibly grateful. If you're enjoying the show, please take a quick moment to visit iTunes, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting platform you're using. Subscribe if you haven't already, and please leave a five-star rating and review. That helps out a lot. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations through PayPal, and there's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thanks for your support. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. Mm